0: saving my life right now is it
1: hitting the spot
0: i needed a little bit of caffeine but i needed a little bit of that carbonation it's that carbonation that i'm addicted to you know that's weird why is that weird
1: because i don't know anybody who's addicted to carbonation specifically I'm, i am
0: i that's, like carbonated that's unique i am a very unique person
1: you're Thank right
0: you. <laughs> um you ready to get started I'm excited for this. Are you excited? Have you ever done a podcast before? No. Well, you're in for a treat.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> if you say something.
0: You feel comfortable?
1: More or less.
0: Like, you don't, I mean, I don't want you to be in like an awkward posture. You're going to be doing this for like 40 minutes. So you don't, I don't want you to like have to like just get comfortable, you know? Yeah, I'm fine. Right. I'm here to surf. Thank you. I'm trying to be hospitable. It. Here, I'll, I'll this I'm is your so first time in the, in my second living room. Yes, I live like a hobbit. I have like, you know, you know second breakfast, second living, second room. living room,
1: five <laughs> meals a day. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: such an odd configuration. I love it. Love living in LaShawn, honestly. Yeah. Um, You know, kind of wish I'd lived in a house sometimes. It's fine. Bigger. You're but...
1: closer to the residence.
0: Yeah, that's my favorite part. <laughs>
1: Especially with the people above you moving furniture.
0: <laughs> Why do they keep doing that? I don't know. It's the 10th week of semester. Why you? Uh,
1: I'm not above you, so I don't know
0: why. Can you speak on behalf of Danielle and her people?
1: No, I cannot. We can hear them sometimes in my apartment, too.
0: Well, Well, here we go. Okay. Hello, everybody. This is An Educated Life. This is a Christian higher education podcast where every week we talk to wonderful, wonderful people in the world of college and higher ed. We get to talk to educators professors, you know, admins, staff, and students. And by the way, we're currently in a series called Student Stories, where I invite my RAs, my student leaders, onto the podcast, and we talk a little bit about their stories and their experiences in college. With me in this episode is just one of my favorite people ever, (laughs) Brianna. Brianna. Staley. Staley. Hail. hail yeah there you go yeah i mixed i mix those two uh words up all the time it's okay hyphenated last names you have to give me some grace
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> it's week 10 min
0: come on <laughs> anyways brianna so good to have you here how are you
1: i'm good how are you
0: yeah week 10 tell me a little bit about that you're a little frustrated
1: yeah but it's okay
0: it's okay it's okay it's Because of a really, really good thing. But you're not seeing it as a good thing.
1: (laughs) I'll see it as a good thing once it passes and I get my good grade.
0: Uh, You'll know. You'll you'll realize that I'm right.
1: All right. If you say so.
0: (laughs) Um Brianna, you are in your junior year. You've been at Fox for five semesters now almost.
1: Whoa, that's a yeah.
0: you are an elementary education major and we'll talk about that a little bit as well and let me ask you first question what's one thing that you love sharing about yourself to people who don't really know you very well
1: whoa that's a hard question yeah i don't know i usually share like what people ask me like what they want to know
0: mm-hmm. is
1: not like a go to um I think one of the things that I'm like really proud of about myself is that I'm a first generation college student, so that's often something that like comes up in conversation with people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you are an excellent student. We'll <laughs> get into you. that a little bit. This year you chose uh to be an RA in residence life and you are a leader over your area in LaShana Hall, which is one of the apartment halls here on campus mostly for upperclassmen or you know second third year fourth year students and we'll talk a little bit about that as well i am your area coordinator as well no way and we'll talk about that maybe to get your opinion on how amazing i am and other things and humble yes yes i'm very humble (laughs) um anyways let's start with this idea, five semesters in, um, tell me a little bit about what you remember about your first year, because you share a little bit about your first year, and it wasn't all good things. There was lots of ups and downs, and maybe a lot more downs than ups, maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would agree with that statement. I think I choose often to look at the positive. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if I didn't look at the positive, I wouldn't still be here. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. no, I think my freshman year was a year of immense growth and a lot of challenging myself, um, questioning a lot of things, my identity, my worth, Um. Yeah, I think it was really hard. There's yeah. a big transition. There's like a, a big bell curve, right, of, of transitioning to college. And yeah. I was just on the latter half. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about that transition, because I think that I'm, I'm fascinated with that idea of like, what were some of those like on the ground experiences that you were feeling from day to day as you were uh, transitioning from high school to Fox And, um, you already mentioned that you are a first generation college student from your family. And so like, what were some of the like hopes coming in, what were some of the expectations really? And what was, what were some of the realities that you kind of like experience during your first year?
1: Yeah. I think going through high school and hearing about higher education, uh, oftentimes you hear like, oh, it's the best four years of your life. Like it's the best time of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think has been true in a lot of senses of the, the phrase now. Um, but my expectation coming into freshman year was that it was going to be great and I was going to be on the same level as everybody and, yeah. and and all of these things that weren't actually true for me mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to navigate college and I didn't know how to navigate a university setting and I didn't know how to navigate living away from my parents mm-hmm. and all of these really small things that people don't think about like not only was i like entering a more rigorous academic setting i was also entering a setting that nobody in my family has ever done successfully Mm
0: um was there a lot of pressure on you from that fact uh,
1: yeah i think so there was a lot of people who told me i wouldn't be able to do it um and anybody who knows me knows i'm really stubborn and i like to prove people wrong yeah yeah um so I was like, no, I'm going to do it, and it's going to be good. And
0: Wait, are you talking about like, even from your family?
1: No, not from my family. Okay. My parents, um, super supportive. Yeah. like so, supportive. And they were super proud. I, yeah, I bet, yeah, I yeah, yeah. And they still are.
0: Uh, yeah, of course. But did that add a, a, a dimension of pressure, too?
1: Yeah, I think it did add a, an amount of pressure that you don't really expect to be on you, if that makes sense, right. because... My parents growing up, they always told me, like, there's nothing I could ever do that's going to disappoint them or make them love me any less. Right, right, right. Um, but just this idea of, like, oh, if I'm not successful in college, yeah, even though they say that, like, is that really true? Yeah. Um, and that was, like, a lot on me, not on my parents.
0: Of course. Um, It was a course. lot
1: of self-put pressure Yeah. of, oh, well, if I don't get good grades, then I'm not being successful in higher education.
0: Yeah. I've always found that, like, the positive side is actually higher pressure me like so people are proud of me i don't want to let them down yeah rather than like like the naysayers i love that stuff because then that motivates me in a way where i'm like i'm gonna prove you wrong i'm kind of cut from the same cloth as you and i really resonate with that come in tell me a little bit about like who you were so you look back and we've talked about this like you have grown tremendously even in this short year and a half two years that you've been at fox um tell me like kind of like a summary of the type of person you were coming into those early weeks at fox
1: yeah i think coming in to fox i told myself that i had a lot of strong ideals and a lot of strong opinions Mm -hmm. um but the reality is that i didn't if that makes sense um i liked to think that I was this person who was going to hold on to what I believed in. um, But ultimately I was a person who was going to change to fit into the people around me. Um, And so I think that that's who I was. I was was really lost and I was trying to be the person that I needed to be to fit in at college, not the person who believed um, that my diverse experience and my unique experience was valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of times that I tried to connect with people around me um in a non-authentic way and so that was really hard because they didn't see it at that at first but they could see through it eventually um so it caused a lot of like not getting along with the people around me and stuff like that just what did because- that look
0: like what do you mean you didn't get around get along with the people around you or did they get not get along with you because i feel like you are a very get along type of person or has that changed recently in the years
1: that's a good question I don't think I've done that much reflection on this aspect of my life um I think
0: what I mean but what do you mean by that like like to break that down what did, what did not getting along mean
1: I think it meant like I was trying to be somebody that I thought that they wanted me to be uh-huh. but ultimately that's not who they wanted me to be yeah. ultimately like people wanted me to be myself yeah um but for me to do that was really hard because I thought that myself wasn't good enough to be at college
0: yeah do you feel like, and, and that's that's a pretty vulnerable thing to like bring up. But like, my follow up question to that is, um, did the first year of college expose that a little bit, or did you do you feel like you developed that while at Fox?
1: What do you mean? Sorry, I don't understand. <laughs> like that, question. Th- that
0: feeling of worth, or that feeling of like you are unique, and that's what's valuable. Like, was that? It was the was the pressure and the and the environment of college just kind of like bringing that to the surface, or do you feel like you started developing those kind of like thoughts about yourself during Fox?
1: Yeah, I think I have developed those thoughts more as I am learning how much I value other people's stories and yeah. how much I value their diversity and experience. Yeah, um, and so ultimately, I'm at a point now where if people don't value my diversity and my experiences and me being honest with them, yeah. then they're probably not people that I need to spend my time with anyways. Right, right. Um, because I think that there's so much beauty and so much truth behind the different stories that people bring to the table. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. So, like, what was the beginning parts of that process where you started, like, leaning into just what you just said, that truth?
1: Yeah, I think growing up, I grew up in... Um, a pretty low income area and i went to a really diverse high school yeah. um and to me there was that was like what the world was and that's like what the world looked like and then i came to fox and everybody looked like me but had a completely different story from me yeah and so i didn't understand how to navigate that or how to process that um but i knew that like i valued the diversity in in like where i grew up and yeah. so how was that going to translate to college? And it was a lot of self-realization, I think.
0: Wow. What were some intentional things that you you remember doing to um, kind of lean into those truths? Were there specific people that you talked to? Like, how did you start cultivating um, some movement towards growth during that first year?
1: Yeah, I think... um, At first, I was really, like, isolating to myself. Um, I was a part of a program called Bridge Scholars Mm -hmm. here, um, and that was directly um, created for first-generation college students who were navigating college for the first time, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, And and I think that that was really good because it helped me find people who had similar stories to me, but they were all very different still. Um, But that also kind of created an isolation aspect because we met before school started. Mm-hmm. And then once school started, I was very dependent on those friends for semester. Um, so I missed out on a lot of the getting to know everybody at the beginning of the year that Fox like really pushes. Mm-hmm. So I think in those moments of, like how can I meet other people where they are? Um, I think it was hard because the rest of my floor really like got really close my freshman year, and they're still very close now as juniors, and I'm still kind of on the outside of that. Yeah. Um. But that was because of me, like because I chose to isolate myself and because I chose to be dependent on the people that I already knew, um, because I'm such a relational person. So I think um, my one of my really good friendships first semester fell out probably around October. Mm-hmm. Um, because we were friends out of convenience because we got along during bridge scholars when there was only 18 people and like yep. you have to get along with somebody. Um, her and I are still friends now, but <laughs> in, um, in those moments of like, wow, we're best friends, but we were best friends because of the circumstances around it. I think when that friendship between her and I fell out, um, It was actually really good for me, even Mm -hmm. though it was also really hard because I felt really isolated and really alone. It pushed me into a place of reaching out to new people and finding new people that I get along with and all of those things. um, And ultimately led me to like meeting my best friends that I have now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, uh, I'm so like, it's so interesting hearing like that year of your life. Because when I look at you now, it's like, I almost don't believe you. You know what I mean? And like, as I've gotten to know you this year um, and know your qualities and know the type of person you are and what you love about community and what you love about people, um, it's hard for me to imagine that you had a tendency to isolate yourself or a tendency to um, struggle in in showing your friendship showing your qualities as a person and you even mentioned i think um that uh at the end of your first year it was there was there was a lot of doubt tell me a little bit about that like you were possibly thinking like fox is not the place for you
1: Yeah, I think it was a consideration, Um, not only being, I'm a first-generation college student, but I'm also the only Christian in my family, Mm -hmm. um, in my immediate family. Mm -hmm. And so that has a lot of pressure on it too, right? Like from Christian higher education, Christian culture, um, there's a lot of pressure in that. And so I just was feeling a lot of pressure from a lot of different sources. Um, And ultimately I was, like, I was sad <laughs> um, because I was letting those pressures like a lot of them were self-inflicted and I thought that they were related to Fox but realizing like in those moments of like frustration and um, being unsure of whether or not this was the place that I wanted to be um, I think ultimately, I realized that they were self-inflicted and I realized that they weren't related to George Fox as an institution, but rather as me, to me as a person and the thoughts and the words that people were saying about me. Um, Freshman year, I felt like, again, if I didn't get good grades, I wasn't a good college student. And so all of my time was devoted to studying and homework. And I think that that was another part of the reason that I didn't make friends as easily is because I wasn't willing to give that up because I was worried about the way it would reflect in my grades. Um, And then I did do well and I was successful my freshman year um, and my academic success has continued throughout these years. Um, But I think in those moments there was a lot of clarity, but also a lot of confusion, if that makes sense. There's a lot of clarity in that, okay, I can perform in the way that I need to perform, in higher education but in terms of academics but can i perform in the social elements Mm -hmm. um which is really weird for me to think about that because i'm a very extroverted person and i talk to everybody but i think that that's where the problem also came from right Is like i was developing relationships with all of these people but i wasn't developing deep relationships with anybody and so where was my value and where was my worth and where were the people who valued me in the same way that i valued
0: them yeah coming into your second year and now you know bleeding into your third year like what would you say are some of the major differences in your experiences or your or your mindset about how you approach um being at fox
1: yeah i think one really big difference is i have a really really solid friend group now um and, like, my best friend, like, they call me out. Like, if I'm doing something stupid, they're like, Bree, stop. Mm-hmm. And so I think, or if I'm, like, start questioning, if I get into, one of my really unhealthy habits is in times of stress, I start questioning how that reflects on my worth and my value and yeah. how my performance reflects on who I am. Yeah. And ultimately, I have friends now who will tell me, like, you're being dumb and... Sometimes you just need to hear that from someone who knows you well yeah. and not. And is loving. And yeah. is loving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not like rude. <laughs> um, well, sometimes they are, but not <laughs> intentionally. <Yeah. laughs> um, so I think I think that that's one of the big differences. I think too, um, I look at it more as and now it's not just about these four years of my life. Like college isn't just about that, but college is preparing me for the rest of my life. So it's not about doing good academically. I mean, that's still important, but it's more about how is this going to translate to my career, right? So I'm an elementary education major and I'm taking Spanish classes. So how is learning Spanish going to affect my pedagogy in the classroom? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a big shift is like, how how is this going to affect my career? How is this going to affect me as a teacher? How yeah. am I going to best serve my future students? Yeah.
0: One of the things that I want people to know about you, you, you mentioned the word pedagogy, and like you kind of have this really strong vision or foundation or philosophy about the career that you're you're basically going to be doing in about a year. Like you are a teacher, and you embrace that idea. And every time we talk about anything related to you being a teacher, what I often experience is a ton of passion just welling up from you. And I, I know that you have a deep, deep um, place in your heart to be a wonderful teacher, a, a wonderful counselor, a wonderful support to young people. So like, tell me a little bit about like how you came to know that about yourself and why it's so important in your life.
1: Yeah, man, you're getting me on a soapbox. yeah, no, I, I, mean,
0: I, I think it's powerful. Every time I've hear I've heard this, I I moved because I love how much um, passion and energy you just naturally have about this. You're not fronting. You're not like fooling any. Like you're not like not being yourself. Like every time you talk about this desire to teach, um, I'm I'm always experiencing a level of confidence, no, like that you know that you can do that well, a level of care that you really do care about people and ultimately the people that you are going to be teaching. You don't even know their faces or their names yet, but you're going to love them well. And ultimately, like you have this razor sharp focus about it. You take your your this idea of teaching or this uh, vocational career very, very seriously. And it's not a compromise. It's not plan B. This has always been like kind of like your plan A. And that's really, really cool. It's a very powerful um, aspect about you that I really respect and love. And so like, yeah. So did you just I, want did me I, Did I set you up well?
1: <laughs> you just want me to talk a little bit about like why. No, I, I just wanted to like cheer, cheer or... for you
0: oh, for a moment. Thank you. You can talk about it. It's optional. But I just want everyone to know how much like you like inspire me in so many ways uh, how much you love teaching yourself i think that's a really cool aspect about you thank you yeah i really appreciate that
1: yeah um no i just think that there is a lot of brokenness in the education system Mm -hmm. um and i think where i grew up if you like were to make a checklist of all of the things that make a student like high risk of not graduating like I would check all but like two of the boxes right. um mm-hmm. there's a lot when I was growing up and yeah. so um, it's like
0: kind of personal too it's yeah a, it definitely resonates with you on a deep level
1: yeah for sure and so I think for me there were always teachers in my corner fighting for me um I was also like grew up like my parents are great and they love me and they support education um, in all forms for me um, even being at a Christian college when they're not Christian, like they love me and they support me and they help me navigate that in the best of their abilities. But there was always a teacher who was fighting for me. And there was always a teacher who I felt safe with. And there was always a teacher it, but for me it wasn't just one teacher. I think a lot of people can look back and identify one teacher, but I can't like it was all of them. Um, Every teacher I interacted with influenced my life in some way. And the idea of being able to be that for even just one student being able to be a safe place or being able to be a teacher who fights for the needs of that student again even if it's just one like that's so cool like Mm. that is influencing the trajectory of not only their life but every life that they're going to interact with after me yeah um yeah and that's just like that's so insane and that's such an exciting feeling but also that's a lot of power and that's a lot of pressure um
0: Yeah, what I love about what you're saying, and this is what I'm talking about. I I don't know if everyone's like catching this, but often you can talk about this idea of teaching or any kind of vocation in two ways. One is what am I good at? A lot of people talk about like what they want to do as like, oh, I'm good at that, so I'm going to try that. You never talk about it like that. You always talk about this stuff right here. Like you feel like this is a way that you can pay it forward. This is a way that you can pay it back in some ways. This is how this is. There's a system that you know has gaps it's broken and you're like I have the confidence and the desire and the passion to move that needle towards better education better support better um, you know better everything for students and ultimately you even have a an additional next level vision of seeing those students also become conduits of renewal or redemption or like transformation or any sort of goodness in this world that's really cool thank you i
1: think i think too a big part of it for me is like a lot of people told me i couldn't Mm -hmm. but i want to be that person who tells the students that they can yeah and like i said there were a lot of odds against me but like if i go back and i serve like similar communities which i do i ultimately want to work with inner city kids um Who are high risk, who do experience gang violence, who do experience low income, like they do experience all of these hard things that make teaching even more difficult. Yeah. But those are the people who need the good teachers. Like, okay, everybody needs good teachers, but those are the people who like need somebody fighting for them, need somebody in their corner, because those are the people who get left behind. And ultimately, like if I can be this person for students to see and I can be like, yes, I know what you're going through. Like I connect with you like. It's not the same, but it's similar experiences. And I defied like the odds and and I lived out of that. Like I came from that too, and so can you. And you can do anything that you put your mind to. You just have to have that faith and that belief in yourself mm-hmm. and know that like I'm supporting you. Yeah. Um
0: I think a marquee characteristic about you is your resiliency and grit. You just have a very, very strong mentality of like you can overcome things even though they're very very difficult and they're it might take a while or it's complex or whatever um and I certainly buy into that uh when you're talking about like wanting a vision of helping other people realize that and not just students but other people as well there's there's a mindset component to it where you lock in and you're like no we can do this it might take a long time it might not be overnight but it's something that you can do So like, where does that come from? Like what, where do you feel like a source of that comes from this grit, this resiliency, this mentality that you're like, no, I can, I can, I can overcome that.
1: Oh yeah. Um, well, like I said, I think there's, there was a lot in my life that I've overcome that people like kind of put negative like ideals on. Um, but I think a big part of it comes from my parents too. Um, Yeah. Like growing up, just like so when I was in fourth grade, I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis um, and I've lived with that since then. But even in that moment, like I was really upset and I was really frustrated and my dad was like, I don't know what you're doing. You can still do anything you want. Mm -hmm. And just like hearing those words from my dad, like from such an early age like on through life, like they always express that. Um, my mom, and my dad, they always express like the importance of my education as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that that's a big part of it is they like growing up, I saw them go through a lot of things. Um, but they were always like, ah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't define us. Like we can get through it like together as long yep. as we're together. And as long as we're like looking for solutions, mm-hmm. um, so, I think, yeah, a big part of it is seeing the things that my parents overcame to be at the place where they were at when I was a kid mm-hmm. um, and where I'm, where they're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of resilience and growth in that. And so, I have really strong role models to look up in, to in that. Um, and then, like I said, I've just kind of been, I guess, a trailblazer, for lack of a better term, with being a first-gen college student, being a first-generation Christian, um, among other things. And... Yeah, I, th- I just think there's been a lot of experience in doing things that people didn't think that I'd be able to accomplish, but also having such a strong support system.
0: Yeah. This year, you chose to pursue an RA role. You accepted it, and you're an RA this year uh, with a really, really good AC, I heard. <laughs> yeah, and, he's pretty cool. And... um the word that comes to mind when you're like just sharing about like your passion for teaching is leadership. I I see you as a leader. I see you leaning into those strengths and being a leader amongst peers, being a leader amongst your community. Like tell me a little bit about, um, why it was something that you wanted to experience. The, not not necessarily like the RA role, but like, the, like a leadership component here on campus? Because I know that you pursued other leadership positions as well. And in, in a lot of ways, I, th- I see you as an incredible RA and fantastic leader. But like where did that desire to be put in positions of service and leadership come from?
1: Yeah, I don't really know where... It came from at the start of me deciding to go into leadership positions. I've yeah. been in a leadership position since I was in like seventh grade. So it's like a natural so, place for you. Yeah, it's just well, actually probably in like fourth grade. But <laughs> it just like it's it's one of those things that I just I really have a desire to help people. Yeah. Um, and I think the best leaders are people who help yeah. and who go out of their way to make sure that the needs of others are met. Um, and that's just who i am and so i that started really young Mm -hmm. and um fifth grade i was like a crossing guard and like all of these things seventh grade i was something eighth grade sophomore year all throughout high school um ultimately senior year i did a bunch of leadership positions so i was in student government um and and just all of these other things as well yeah so then i that really became a part of my identity um growing up and in high school so then transitioning into college it was an interesting thing because I was like yeah I'm gonna do that like like that's like who I am um so I remember actually freshman year I applied to do something for ASC back when it was all together I had an interview and I didn't get it and I was like yeah it's fine I'm a freshman like they don't hire freshmen and that's like what I chopped it up to yeah and then sophomore year, I ran to be, like, a class representative, and I didn't get it. Yeah. And I applied to be um, a PA, and mm-hmm. I didn't get it. And so then coming into junior year, I was like, okay, well, I'll apply to be an RA. Like, this is one of the most, like, well-known leadership positions on campus, so I'm not going to get it anyways type of thing, which sounds really bad. Yeah,
0: you had a pessimistic mindset.
1: Yes. Or but, the
0: outcome you thought wasn't going to be.
1: Yes. I Well, I was like... There are so many people who apply to be an RA. Mm-hmm. There are so many people who have all of these different, like they've been in different leadership positions on campus already. So their application is going to stand out more than mine because yeah. I haven't done anything since I was in high school okay. type of thing. Um, so then I applied to be an RA and I, again, it's just a genuine desire to help and love people to the best of my ability. Yeah. Um, and I think when you have a leadership position role, you can do that more easily. Yeah. Um, I think you can see people better um, and you can identify people better and you can identify their needs better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's still true in res life. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that's like a big part is like, this is going to help me be able to one, learn how to better facilitate a community
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because like, Again, as a teacher, I'm going to be facilitating communities in my classroom all the time. Of so, what is a practical way that I can get practice with that? Of course, with college age students, it's going to be different than with seven year olds. Mm-hmm. But that general concept, I think that that was a big part of like facilitating community is something that I really love. But how can I best do that? And what how can I learn? Um, a lot of things for me go back to like the learning principle and like what can I learn from this situation. So I think that that was one of the biggest desires for me is I knew that being an RA and being in res life was really going to challenge me as a person. Um, but it was also... And and challenge my beliefs on certain things, but it was also going to confirm a lot of my beliefs and it was, it was going to teach me a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, a couple of years from now, you're going to look back on Fox and college in general. Like, what are some of the beginning... like? you know, sentences that you would use to, like, characterize what you experienced this season, you know, your your college years?
1: I think, like, just one word that comes to mind is, like, transformative. Um, yeah.
0: Well, tell me about that. Like, like, let's vamp on that for a second. How do you feel like you've transformed over these short two and a half years?
1: I think I have developed amount an an amount of confidence in myself that I don't it's not matched. Like I am really good at faking things. Um but instead of that like realizing that like no this is something I'm good at. Yeah. Um and it's okay to say that. I think there's um especially in Christian culture, right? There's like this hard balance of like being good at something while also being humble in that same aspect. Yeah, I don't
0: subscribe to that.
1: Um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> and so I, I think that that's something that I'm learning. Uh, how to say like, no, this is something I'm good at, so let me do it. And or like, I really like to help people learn what they're good at and help people identify yeah. ways that they can improve. And so that's something that I've learned a lot at Fox as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the big thing for me though is like a confidence in myself and my ability to, to do things and to be successful and to be okay with owning that and to be okay. Yeah. I mean, it's still something I'm learning and it's still something I'm processing. So.
0: No, I don't think, I, I think that's underrated, honestly, to be able to like affirm that and celebrate that and to lean into that a little bit more. Uh, I, I think in a faith-based community, that's often, um, it's, it's, it's unsure of like how to respond to that or how to approach that um, because we often think of humility as so one-dimensional, right? If you talk about yourself, you're automatically not being humble. Is kind of like the general um, reductive way of looking at humility, but I think really in like a strength space type of theory, um, it's really important that you are aware i think that's the word that's the most important that you just know um, where you find like your your sweet spots and the, like how you thrive and how you're wired and all those things it, it all kind of pulls into this idea of self-awareness which i think ultimately produces even more humility because then you know your limitations a little bit more and you don't have to say oh i'm good at everything you know what you're good at and and you come to the realization that most things you're not very good at there's other people that are much better at those things than you are yeah i think a
1: lot of times people fall more into the trap of oh i'm not very good at anything Um, oh you
0: think so yeah I i think i don't know that's an interesting i would love to talk more about that that's an interesting idea i don't run into that as much but you do yeah yeah
1: i think Especially, so I worked at a Christian summer camp and yeah. I think a lot of people were like, oh, I'm not good at that. And I was like, what are you talking about? You're so good at that. But like they couldn't be good at it because then it made them not humble. And like, so I think maybe that's an aspect of being self-aware and yeah. knowing how to like, yes, I am good at this, but I credit this to God. And like I glorify God and Jesus in this like process of doing something.
0: Yeah. No, maybe, uh, maybe I stand a little bit corrected because I, I, I feel like I run into a lot of students who go, I don't like talking about myself. You know what I mean? And I, f- I feel like, What they're trying to communicate is I just don't want the attention on me because then if the attention's on me, then I'm getting like assessed or examined or like every move that I make or everything that I say is like picked apart or whatever. Um, But I embrace that. I want your attention. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about you. And I love the intricacies and the nuances of who you are. And I think that's part of why we do. Like this thing, like, and and why I love our one on one so much is because I get to learn more about like the little things about you that like make you unique and and special. We need to embrace that and like lean into that more. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. I agree. <laughs> it's a rare thing. No, it's not. Time you disagree with me.
1: Well, sometimes <laughs> I just gotta correct you. You know, <laughs> sometimes you, have you to can stand me. to be corrected sometimes.
0: Man, the time flies so quickly. Um. As tra- as per tradition, we do rapid fire questions here at the end. Oh, okay. Um, and I feel like uh, this is you know one of those things where they, we just get you a, a little bit of a snapshot of, of a little bit more of like some of the random things about you. All right. You ready?
1: Uh, I wasn't prepped on. The, I wasn't prepped on any of this. Let's go. <laughs>
0: you don't have to put a disclaimer out there. <laughs>
1: No, 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 I know, but I was going to say I wasn't prepped on this rapid fire thing, but then I realized that I wasn't prepped on this whole podcast no, thing in general, so no. here we go.
0: I mean, some of these are, like, basic.
1: That's okay.
0: Um, here we go. What Enneagram type are you?
1: Two. Two. Okay, thanks, Min, answering my question.
0: I let you answer it first, I just <laughs> want to repeat it, I want to confirm that. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Both. You just do it whenever.
1: Yeah, I'm not a midday person.
0: What's your most favorite word?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't have one. Skip.
0: You can't skip these. That's the well, whole point. You're 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 I, put but, in a corner and you're supposed to answer these questions.
1: Okay. Most favorite word. Sometimes, I say aggressive a lot.
0: <laughs> the <word aggressive. laughs> That's awesome. Least favorite word.
1: Swear words. Unfortunate. Well, I just don't swear.
0: Favorite sound?
1: I don't know. I like laughter.
0: Yeah. Who inspires you? My parents. Who has taught you the most about life? That's not your family.
1: <laughs> um, my friends? Is that an appropriate answer? That's
0: very nonspecific. Okay. My semi- theater director in high school. Really? <laughs> yeah. Favorite, uh, favorite book.
1: Yep. You uh, to repeat it. Favorite <laughs> book. I heard you. <laughs> um, I'm not very good at this rapid fire. No, thing. you're not.
0: <laughs> Which I had my money on that you would. I you just, would just snap off these answers like real quick.
1: I'm. Mm, I like the Junie B. Jones books.
0: Okay. What's your favorite subject or topic or subtopic that you like talking about randomly with friends? that it becomes like kind of like annoying and obnoxious that you bring it up so much.
1: The education system.
0: (laughs) What's overrated?
1: A lot of things. (laughs) You
0: got to name one thing. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Okay. (laughs) Picking on Game of Thrones. Love it. What's underrated? Jesus. (laughs) Really?
1: No. uh... Really? (laughs) Underrated?
0: Jesus, the Christ, the savior of the world? Where I'm from. (laughs) Okay. okay, I get I get Fine. That's fine answer. Which, do you have a favorite tool or object that you carry around with you?
1: Hand sanitizer.
0: Awesome. Favorite brand or company?
1: Favorite brand. Okay, I really like Kavu backpacks.
0: Say that again? Kavu. Kavu, okay.
1: Yeah, they're like the crossbody backpacks. They're really fun. Oh, it's a camp counselor what, thing or Chacos. I think they sell them at
0: REI, right? Yeah. Most used app.
1: Most used app? Yeah.
0: What's your favorite app to use?
1: Probably Instagram.
0: Instagram. When do you feel strongest?
1: When I'm laughing.
0: Mm-hmm. And when do you feel weakest?
1: When I'm crying, <laughs> which is often.
0: <laughs> crying makes you feel weak. No. <laughs>
1: well, if I'm if I'm angry, I feel angry. Because I know I you a little
0: bit, and I'm like, you're lying.
1: I feel when I feel angry. I feel very weak because I can't really rationally explain. Yeah, what's going on?
0: Yeah, and what's one of your rules of life?
1: I just like I like to meet people where they are. Yeah, so that's something that I try to live by.
0: Yeah, I love that. You're off the hot seat. Oh, thank you. How do you feel?
1: Um, I did very poorly. So <laughs> you did
0: fine. You did fine um any shout outs that you want to give
1: do people normally give shout outs
0: i'm giving you an opportunity to yeah
1: um no
0: okay not in
1: particular wow
0: i'm sorry all those people who are looking for a shout out from brianna right now um so disappointed
1: okay to my friends at george fox who love me so well
0: yeah Brianna, if, if people want to either criticize you or reach out to you and encourage you or say things to you, where can they find you on the internet?
1: Oh, um, on Instagram.
0: Okay. Do you want to say your handle?
1: Okay. Well, it's Brianna underscore Staley Hale. Good luck spelling it. Good
0: luck. <laughs> As always, you can find me, Minsu Choi, at my handle, at I am Minsu Choi on every platform, including TikTok now. Wow. Reach out on TikTok. <laughs> Anyways, um, just very, very thankful for you, Brie. Thank you for your time. And you know, this is usually our one-on-one time, but we get to spend it doing a podcast. Was it fun?
1: Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> no, it was good. I liked it. I enjoyed very neutral. It. it was
0: interesting. Anyways, um, as always, the number one goal of this podcast is world domination and becoming the number one faith-based higher education podcast in the world so we need your support and brie i was wondering if you could plug this podcast for me right now uh can you tell the lovely people who are listening to like subscribe and rate highly this podcast in your very own way
1: men would like you (laughs) to like subscribe follow is that a thing
0: follow Follow
1: and rate this podcast highly if you enjoyed me laughing at myself, (laughs) which happened often yeah, and does happen often.
0: As always, um, this podcast is about community building and bringing people of like-mindedness together and to talk about some really cool things. And Brie, I just want to thank you again for talking about some really, really cool deep things and you are deeply loved and deeply appreciated by me and many, many others here at George Fox. Thank you. All right, bye, everyone.